When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dominator is now. We're back. That's a new. That's a new kickoff to the show. I love it. Woo! <laughs> this show is going to be a, a dedicated apology to the audience. I apologize for the last show that you all had to suffer through me learning on the fly how to drive a live draft. While live streaming, not easy to do with the uh, you know new draft software, and it's being improved all the time. I mean, the FFWC draft software. Every time I go, there's a new cool feature. Every time I log in, now there's this new ADP board which blacks out the picks that have been drafted, and you can see if you oh, drafted a guy yeah. at ADP or before ADP, or it's unbelievable. You go to any player page on PlayerProfiler.com, you click the FFWC, you know. Brought to you by Full-Time Fantasy. There's a little uh, player profiler championships call to action there. Click it and get in one of these player profiler championships drafts. You'll be glad you did. Code PODFATHER. That gets you $100 off a three-pack. Plus, if you win your league, you get a free all-in package at playerprofiler.com. This is also known as a no-brainer. So we're trying to advertise the player profiler championship specifically, but the FFWC platform with that Billy is working tirelessly to improve every day. We're going to make this the greatest high stakes platform in the world. He and I are linking arms. We're going to do that together. And with, with so much at stake, with so much at stake, you would have thought I would have done a better job in the last draft. You would have thought that I wouldn't have made catastrophic blunder after catastrophic blunder. I mean, the rookie mistakes in this draft, Billy were at such a level and the embarrassment is now so high where I'm getting dragged on Twitter. Like, how did that guy not draft Alvin Kamara? How did that guy not draft Patrick Mahomes? How did this guy not? And my answer is, I'm sorry. <laughs> the answer is, I was wrong. The answer is, I made a mistake. The answer is, I'm a human. The answer is, I'm not perfect. We're going to go through it. I mean, to me... It's a great gift that I was able to fuck a draft up, which was right there for the taking, right? There was the ability to have a unique draft that was teed up for success. It was all right there if I just didn't make mistakes that I made. And even since this draft happened, I've come to Jesus on a few players. Ronald Jones is one. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is another. It's all alluding to mistakes that we will discuss from yesterday from last week's draft uh it, it was a catastrophe for me it was a great job by you congratulations another great draft in the books for billy muzio 
as if you needed another great draft, although you love stacking up great draft after great draft. I had some errors. You're very good at this, and I thank you for being my co-host on this Dominator show so that someone with some competence can help the audience go make some money in fantasy football. You know, you're being pretty hard on yourself. So I, I agree. Mistakes were made on your part. Mistakes were also made on my part, though. But when you look at your start, and we've talked about this on air, we've talked about it off air, Eckler Cook is the two latest either of them have gone. When you look at the average draft position, Eckler is averaging right now is pick six. Cook is averaging pick nine. The latest for either of those, guess what? 10 and ten and 12. So 10 and 13. So now it hasn't even registered, I guess. No, Cook right there. 15, sorry. So it has registered your Cook right there. So you have the two latest picks of both those players. No team in the tournament has that stack. So yes, you had some errors later on the draft, but that beginning stack is going to be a very deadly combination and impossible to repeat. So I know you didn't like the start, but I love the beginning Eckler cook start because it is unique, right? When you look at these tournaments and you look at rostering, you know, rostership or ownership, whatever you want to call it, there are a few very unique situations that you have to look at. And one is ownership among stacks and, and being able to start off a draft with Eckler and Cook when it's going to be damn near impossible to repeat is a huge advantage versus the field. So, yes, there was mistakes later on in the draft, but that start should at least help you overcome some of those mistakes. I've made mistakes. Lots of people made mistakes. That's part of the draft review process is going back in and looking at drafts, right? I'm a little heavy on green here. Yes, I painted it green at the end, but even some some earlier picks um, I, I feel, felt like that looking at the board afterwards in hindsight, I wish I would have taking at least one more receiver, maybe two more receivers, right? Because this is a three wide receiver start. This is also a two flex spot. So potentially we could be starting five wide receivers on a weekly basis. So that being said, I'm a little light in wide receiver in my opinion. Yes, I have Diggs, Evans, and McLaurin to start it off. So that's going to be a nice trio, but I would have liked to have one more solid receiver on my team. You were in my ear telling me to draft wide receiver from the last time. because. In the first draft that we did together, the criticism was you should have drafted one more wide receiver, right? You, you drafted a tight end and a quarterback too early, so you need to wait on quarterback, wait on tight end, unless there's some screaming value slapping you in the face, then okay, 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 yes, I'll go, I'll, I'll go quarterback if i need to i'll go tight end if i absolutely need to if the value is just too too great fine ow, ow billy that's give yourself one more for taking boyd over Mahomes. just do it oh shit there it is there it is i was gonna get to that <laughs> i was gonna get to that so first and foremost yes you're right my first four picks were chef's kiss right and then what happened was the show gets underway we're displaying comments i'm managing the audio, the video, the comments, the draft room, it's very tricky, right? We're zooming in, we're zooming out. And what ended up happening is, and this is not an excuse, though is it is, is 100% an excuse, but not exactly an excuse, though it is precisely and, and exactly an excuse, is that after I drafted Sutton, all I was thinking was, okay, A, I started two running back, which I never do, and Billy told me last time I, I went too light on wide receiver. I can't envision a world I'm not going to go wide receiver 
in the next pick. I can't envision a world. So I might as well just filter and not unfilter. I mean, this is one of the rookie mistakes of all time is to just filter the player pool by, you know, uh, wide receiver and never unfilter it. I had no idea, Kamara, if I had known, right? I mean, I'm not a total idiot. Had I known Kamara would still be there, yeah. Yeah, Billy. I would have gone Kamara. Duh. Man, I'm look- I was looking at it. I was like, oh, man. I'm. S- Thank you for my gift to Alvin Kamara at 5'11". It's the latest I have seen him go. I've done now 120-plus drafts, right? We're, we're in July now. And that's the latest I have seen Kamara go in any draft, in any format, on any site. You look at his average draft position just over here at FFWC, and Alvin Kamara is going on average at pick 31, running back 14 off the board. And in this draft here, he went as pick 59, running back 20 off the board. I was just amazed. Like I, I actually, middle of the draft, I had to do a check. Like, you ever in a draft and someone falls so far to you, you have to check Twitter real quick to make sure you didn't miss news? Or like you, you Google their name just to make sure you didn't miss anything? I did that live. We're on there. I'm like, did something happen? Did he did his suspension come out? Right. Like, and even then like six game suspension. Okay. I'm still taking him there. He's been a running back one. Like every single, every single year of his career. He has the range that Hopkins is going, who has a six game suspension. Like to me, Alvin Kamara, six games or not, that's where he should. That's the latest we should see him. I think if he does get six games, he's still a fourth round pick a late third round pick because he's that good in this offense, especially with the Michael Thomas, you know, dilemma going on his ankle year and a half removed from football. Alvin Kamara could see a major workload and five eleven is just like, thank you. I, I, I messed up later in the draft, like I said, but I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the gift at five eleven for Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like I got some stud wide receiver. I took Deandre Hopkins. Who's out with an MCL tear rehabilitating it through mini camp the hope is he's available for training camp we'll see right we're hoping he's available once his suspension ends we'll see we're hoping there's not some kind of setback but this is a player that's coming off an injury and his worst year in a long time heading towards 30 and that's what I decided to use that fifth round pick over Alvin Kamara because I felt like I was boxed in I felt like there was no way I could go running back after starting to running back, and it it just melted my brain, right? It melted my brain because I'm not used to starting two running backs. If I'm a volume drafter, I'm absolutely starting two running backs just so I can work that muscle so that I don't get trapped later in the draft. That was my problem. I had never worked that muscle, and I completely short-circuited. Yeah, I have drafts where I start four straight running backs or three or two or one, you name it, right? You want to constantly mix in different builds to just release that creativity, right? You need to be able to see a board in a different light every single time. And you have to be, you know, like Bruce Lee says, have to be like water. And the best way to do that is being 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 malleable and being able to see the board from a future perspective as well as what may happen if you take player X, Y, and Z. Um, and what players are available in that given format, what players go around in rounds 9, 10, 11, 12, like analyze boards, even if you're not drafting in them. Ask friends for boards. Ask colleagues for boards. Like Ask anyone you know that's drafting, can I see your draft board? 
right? It doesn't matter if it's a different format. It doesn't matter if it's a different site. You still get used to seeing other players' mindsets. You get used to seeing builds, right? You look at the board and say, hey, I like what this guy did. What was his mindset when he went through this build, right? Can I duplicate this but tweak it to where I like? Because we talked talked about player nine. Like, I love player nine's board. I'm not crazy about the Pitts pick. I'm not crazy about the Deontay Harris pick. But, um, you know, looking at everything, Damian Harris, sorry, looking at everything else, I love the mindset. Right. I just there's some player preferences here, but you look back and say, okay, have I if I start that build, who would I have swapped out and how could this team have looked? Those are exercises you want to do as you are, are, you know, entrenching yourself in more drafts. So that way you're able to kind of picture the board, big, big picture and say, what will happen if I select this player over this player and and just get a feel for where players are going and, and just know that that's the range they're going. So if you want that player, you have to reach X picks early or try to chance it on the way back. Can you imagine if I had drafted Kamara? That team would have been pretty fucking sexy. I mean, no one talk about no one having a combination of players. I mean, in the history of fantasy football, when was the last time anyone had Eckler Cook Kamara? That's pretty deadly. I mean, that would have been so cool. Had I just unfiltered, I would have been like, oh duh, Kamara. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank you for your mistake. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, so th- that that was just a straight up mechanical mistake. That wasn't a tactical blunder. That wasn't a flawed strategy. That was just straight up draft room mechanics. Whoopsie, <laughs> right? Like my bad. I didn't. I I didn't know. I didn't know he would be. I didn't, who would have thought? In what world would Camara be there? Right, I'm thinking it's going to be Dobbins <laughs> and Montgomery and Dylan and Mitchell and Jacobs. The same cast of characters is always there. You know, maybe ETN's there, maybe Brees Hall's there, and then you know what? I'm probably going to have to go wide receiver just because, but not over Kamara. Nope, Alvin Kamara, AK. I know, I know, I know. I don't know what's t- I, hey. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a mistake, and the gravest mistake. I was very happy with Olave. I know that it's a, it, seen as a reach, but I don't think that's going to be a reach. I think in a, in, in a month, that's going to be just where he goes. Not worried about that. But the rookie I was upset about taking at 82 was Sky Moore. I think we talked mm, about this. Should have gone Michael Thomas there. Should not have worried. I was too worried about being overexposed to the Saints passing game. And I'm like, this, this is not going to be a prolific pass attack. There's no way especially with Jameis Winston coming back from an ACL tear. I mean, I don't want to be so invested in the Saints receiving core, but again, I missed the forest for the trees. Instead of getting a potential PPR monster in Michael Thomas, I took a rookie wide receiver with a hard ceiling, man. Second round, small school wide receiver, rookie. That's a hard cap. And now he's not even... Playing with the starters at this point, after reading you know, reports from the Packers camp, I would go Marquez Valdez Scantling over Sky Moore. Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be the starter. He has a quarterback upgrade. Mahomes is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers, if your name is not Devontae Adams, does not treat you well. Going all the way back to uh, Jeff Janis, so it's possible that. Aaron Rodgers demoralized Marquez Valdez-Scantling, put him in a one-dimensional box, and did not let him out. Did not let him run a more robust and diverse route tree. And that Andy Reid and the Chiefs have him 
deployed in a more versatile role. And the next thing we know, we look up and, and he's actually the leading receiver for the Chiefs. That's very easy for me to imagine. It's hard to imagine Sky Moore being the leading wide receiver for the Chiefs. Very easy to see MVS doing it. And so for that reason, I think we, we got to flip MVS and Sky Moore. And the fact that I took Sky Moore, you know, well ahead, or at least, you know, I took him after Marquez Valdez Scantling, but in most drafts, Sky Moore was going before Marquez Valdez Scantling. This draft was kind of an outlier, but it, the, the point remains that, you know, I took the number three wide receiver. For a team where he's actually the number four overall wide receiver, he's the number four overall receiver, and that's just not great value there. They were better options, especially, uh, hello, Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, the suspension looming, and, and you hedged. You, you took Chris Olave, you came back later, took Callaway. I mean, so that was a hedge against Michael Thomas. At that point, you're committed, right? But, I mean, you could have taken Boyd there or even Mahomes and, and you know, had – there's a lot of different angles you could have attacked here. I'm not a huge Skymore fan, like you said. I think I even mentioned on the live stream. He's the, he is the fourth option in this offense, maybe the fifth. Right? Who knows? Right. But there's a lot of, a lot of ways for him to not succeed. Uh, he's got to overcome so many more obstacles to succeed that I'm just – I've been fading him all, all season long. Right? Um, but – I, I get the hype. I understand what people are, are, you know, the allure of of more, right? It's that the Chiefs offense is Patrick Mahomes. I get it, right? But don't fall into the trap. That's what I'm gonna tell people. Just, you know, at that point, go for the go for the follow the money. MVS is paid 10, 10 million freaking dollars. Right. Go for MVS and drafts. It's the same reason you're drafting Christian Kirk. You draft Christian Kirk and, and Marquez Valdez Scantling around the same pick. Yep. Because of the money. And, and by the way, I just realized in the process of sharing the draft board on the stream that that whole bit I did where I was slapping myself, nobody saw it. Nobody actually, I could have just been, I could have been, I could have been going like that and pretended like I was slapping myself. And that would have been fine because the draft board was showing my camera was not part of the stream at that point. So no one saw me actually slapping myself. I, I was actually, you got to remember everybody like that sound. That was, that's me actually that hurts. Like that's I'm committed. Like, I'm one of these actors that I, I do my own stunts on this show. <laughs> right? Yes. So, okay, you mentioned Tyler Boyd. It, it was also embarrassing in retrospect to learn that I did draft Tyler Boyd over Patrick Mahomes. Yes, that happened. That was weird. <laughs> that was a weird pick. That was some, uh, So when you put it that way, when you say, oh, Hopkins over Kamara. Oh, Boyd over Mahomes. It, 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 yeah, okay. Yes. Thank you. Yes, it was embarrassing. And I can't <laughs> undo it. Sky Moore over Michael Thomas. Boyd over Mahomes. Hopkins over Kamara. Yes. You know, I'm happy to just sink into it, dude. I'm happy just to sink and say yes. I made mistakes. And this is for the audience. Just like, you know what? I'm just down a peg, right? Like, I get it. I get it. I belong down here. On I belong. This is really where I belong after that draft. Shit happens though, man. Like I remember, like like you said, this was a new endeavor for you. Like you're not used to hosting, streaming, and drafting all at the same time. Like it's 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 a lot of juggling. I remember my first few drafts, uh, like streaming and 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 trying to like talk about players and pick and and still have commentary and still be engaging with with the audience. It's a lot to juggle. It really is. Like I think the first time I did, I auto picked three times. Right, like the team was trash. 
And so I looking at if this was your first live stream draft, I think you did fine. Like it's there are so many. I mean, yes, mistakes were made. Mistakes were made. But I think that at the end of the day, like it's a learning curve. And we do this not only to be good fantasy football players and to win money, but we also do this for the audience, right? And it it it, it, it was good content. It was it was great radio. And if you just go through and I've had drafts where like it was a it was a tough as nails draft room. And I'm trying to do this live and I'm just locked in, right? I'm silent. <laughs> and- and you forget to talk. Yeah, it's horrible radio, right? It's horrible talk. <laughs> I'm sitting there silent, and I'm just like, forgive me. Like, I'm in the zone. <laughs> like, I'm not I'm not losing 350 but I'm not losing $1,800 on this. I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm, sorry, guys. I'm focused on the draft right now. <laughs> That's a great point. If anything, the audience knows what I'm committed to. If there's one thing I'm committed to, it's not winning money. Yeah. It's talking. <laughs> That was the one thing. I was more concerned about what I was going to say next than who I was going to pick next, right? <laughs> that was the thing. That was that was really the issue. And, Dedication. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm worried about, like, d- d- did the audience see me slap myself? Like, that's important. <laughs> yeah, there's – um, it's, 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 it's no – it's not easily accomplished, right, to be able to stay in rhythm – Talk about players, talk about ADPs, talk about situations, scenarios, roles, as well as manage the clock, as well as manage the stream, like adding comments on the section, responding to listeners, trying to engage me as a co-host. Like that, that's a lot of it's a lot of things to juggle. And everyone has juggling max. Mine's two, right? I can only juggle two things at once. Really? When I'm, when, really? Yeah. The way you were juggling right there. <laughs> two seemed to be the right number. <laughs> you start adding in three, four, five. I'm dropping balls, right? It's not yeah. happening. Yeah, you're dropping right? balls. That's exactly <laughs> what would happen. That's right. That's right. So, so to recap, even though the one guy I did auto pick was Aaron Rodgers, the 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 signature mistakes that were made were Hopkins over Kamara, woof, Sky Moore <laughs> over Michael Thomas, ouch, and Tyler Boyd over Patrick Mahomes, eek. So. Full disclosure, lots of mistakes were made. Hopefully everyone can learn from those things. Now, question from the audience. Do you believe Alvin Kamara will be suspended and for how long? I'm going to say right now it's 50-50 he's suspended while people are typing in the chat. 50-50 he's suspended. And if he is suspended, I'll go with the rhetoric and say six games. That being said, there's a real possibility he avoids suspension altogether this year oh and God. it and it is pushed back to 2023 as as the legal case and and all the legal matters gets resolved and and delayed and i mean we've seen this before right it's a possibility also that it happens during fantasy playoffs which is not good right but i'm going to hope it's pushed to 2023 but i'm going to say it's 50-50 shot right now that he's suspended if he's not suspended I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be. But the thing is, also, we have some very uh, savvy and astute uh, members of the audience that are commenting that it is a real baller move by me that I would practice live drafting while live streaming <laughs> on a $350 draft. <laughs> That is a baller move. That that that's that's where I that's a practice session for the Podfather. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Great. Love the cash register. That that is that is if there if there's one another takeaway, 
that is complimentary, baller. Baller yeah. move. We we call them warm-ups. They're warm-up drafts, right? When you get into the the world championship draft, the they're eighteen hundred dollars a team, you know, or you buy ten of them, they go down to fourteen hundred a team, and then you get down to, you know, the ten K, it's the top gun, the commander leagues, the ten thousand dollar buying leagues, the five thousand dollar buying leagues, two thousand dollar buying leagues. You do these three fifties when you're in 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 high stakes. You do these three fifties to learn what other players are doing to see what other players are selecting. Like this is invaluable information. ADP tools are great. You can see ADP and where players are going, but to get in a draft and see exactly who, you know, you're going to be facing in a $10,000 league, who, you know, you're going to be facing in a $5,000 league, who, you know, you're going to be facing inside of these $1,800 leagues. That is invaluable. And so I will gladly pay three fifty to not only have a chance at the grand prize and also win my league, which I like my odds, but I also, get a chance to see who they're selecting in which rounds they're taking him in. Are they taking him ahead of ADP? Are they taking him behind ADP? Where are they drafting this player and how did they construct their team? So that way when I'm facing them, I know when I'm on the clock, I know I better take player X because he's going to be taken on the turn. I'm not going to get him back because I know that, you know, Joe Schmo in the 12 hole likes him and I better take him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Danny Dingleberry. Yeah. <laughs> Danny. Dingleberry. Yes. Let's pull this board back up. What's another team that you you thought did well besides Team 9? And by the way, Team 9 is basically doing my draft. We're currently in a slow draft, you and I, in the Player Profiler Championships. And it's going to be a broadcast. We're doing video analysis of every pick as we go. That's why it's a slow draft. And I started Devontae Adams, DeAndre Swift. That's how I want to start. I understand the the benefit of having a unique lineup. I don't draft at volume where the unique lineup is as important to me. So I want to start with either Diggs or Adams late in the first round and then let my league mates decide which running back I ultimately get, whether it's Mixon, whether it's Harris, whether it's Swift. In this case, in the draft that we're in now, I ended up, was Swift, and my start was Adams, Swift, Mike Williams, because Mike Williams in the third, and then you know there's there's a high probability I end up with Cortland Sutton in round four again because I'm out of the same draft slot. I mean, I, I can't draft in the top five. I, I never draft in the top five. I, I only draft in the in the back half, and it, it has to be hard. You know, it has to be hard on the pod father. It can't be easy. I I love Team Nine's build. Like this is exactly how I like to construct teams typically. Like I went against the grain, just where I was at in the draft. And again, being malleable and where players are falling, like Mitchell fell here, Ronald Jones fell here, Singletary fell here. These are not typically the players I'm selecting at, at that given spot, but because of the discount, I took those players. But team nine is how I typically like to construct rosters. I go anchor running back, I hammer down wide receiver. I'm not crazy about the pits selection. Like if, if that was one thing I could change, I probably would have swapped in either Bateman or Mooney for pits and then taken somebody like Goddard over Palmer, right? Or, or Goddard over Patrick in round 11. And I think that team is even more deadly. That being said, like I, I really like his construction, right? He's got his, his, his wide receiver core with Adams, Moore, IU, Kirk weekly, right? The fifth receiver, he can rotate between Myers, Laundry, Crowder, Patrick, or Palmer, whoever's hot. He took a stab on, on Ross late in case he ends up becoming a thing because people forget prior to that spine injury, Ross was considered one of the top receivers in the nation. Like Ross is, is really good. Who? Justin Ross? Yeah. 
Uh, Justin Ross is is not going to ever do anything. We'll see. Uh, I mean, he was electric prior to that injury, and so the fact he's that Seth Williams. Can I? Can I? No, I'm I'm dead serious. Don't draft Justin Ross. Can I? Can I read his drafts just so the podcast audience knows yes. exactly who we're talking about? And don't draft Justin Ross. Devontae Adams, Joe Mixon. Don't draft Justin Ross in the third round. DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts. Not Justin Ross. Never Justin Ross. Uh, round five, Brandon Ayuk. Then Christian Kirk, Jacoby Myers. Oh, that gutted me. That's who I wanted. Big snipe there. Then Jarvis Landry, and then Damian Harris, Crowder, Tim Patrick, Josh Palmer. Love the Josh Palmer pick. Matthew Stafford, late round quarterback. Gotta love it. Snipe me on Stafford. I went Rodgers. Then he goes Sony Michelle, and not Javante Williams, but Jamal Williams. Wah, wah, wah. I I'm gonna add salt to injury here and sell you. The Ross pick in round 17 over the Moore pick in round seven all day. Now they're both fighting for the same position, that wide receiver three slash four position on, on the same offense. Right. Uh, Justin Ross is going to be a good player. He's going to be very solid. You're going to like the th- that he makes plays, scores a bunch of touchdowns in the CFL. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well- We'll see. It's a dart throw. It's round 17, right? That's where you take those dart throws. I like, I, I'm okay. all about upside, right? Well, when I build no upside these, there. When I build these, I'm looking at upside. I will take an upside dart throw in that offense in round 17. But I, I overall, I like what he did. Like I said, there's a few player preferences that I, I would have selected other players, but the construction, I like. He waited at quarterback. I wish he would have waited at tight end. But overall, the construction, I really like. Are you familiar with a wide receiver named Dion Kane? I am. Remember Dion Kane? I do remember Kane. Okay, so Dion Kane is interesting in that Dion Kane is a day three Clemson wide receiver. When these SEC wide receivers like Seth Williams, like Dion Kane, fall into day three with all those scouts circling around them for all those weeks and all those, you know, high school draft pedigree, right? as top recruits, and then they end up washing out in the NFL draft to the very end, the probability they hit is so vanishingly small, especially when you look up and they're running a 4-7-40, that Billy, it is a waste of a pick. They may look okay, like Tajay Sharp in shorts at camp, but when the lights come on during the season... These players are absolutely nowhere to be found. He does not have the juice. Do not draft Justin Ross. Playing devil's advocate here. You ever looked at Jerry Rice's metrics? Jerry Rice (laughs) went to Mississippi Valley State. He did. The place to get value in day three, especially at the wide receiver position, is small school wide receivers. That's that's where you're going to find, you know, undrafted guy falls out of the draft, Adam Thielen, right? Or, you know, guy goes to Central Michigan, Antonio Brown. It's never a good idea to draft a small school guy from Western Michigan like Corey Davis in the top 10. That is always a mistake. You get your value on small school guys later. That's why Sky Moore fell. Sky Moore should have gone ahead of 
Alec Pierce. But Alec Pierce went to Cincinnati, and they were, you know, a high-profile team. They were in the college football playoffs. Big deal. Went to Cincinnati. Sky Moore's far superior wide receiver. But I will agree that as a rookie getting acclimated to the NFL, not a first-round pick, not guaranteed reps, Uphill to, battle. To, to take him over Marquez Valdez Scantling is just wrong. It's just it's just incorrect. It's it, it, it's a low probability play, and Marquez Valdez Scantling MVS does have upside. That's the thing. That's why you know having those incorrectly flipped, where you might have more ranked ahead of MVS, that that really is a critical mistake when ranking players, especially wide receivers this year. Okay, I love it. Yeah, I, I'm not I, I will I like analytics. I'm more of a film guy, but I, I've been entrenching myself in analytics more and more and more as my as my kind of football career has been blossoming. So I will take analytics with a grain of salt because I like watching tape. And when I watch tape, certain players just pop off the page to me, right? Whether are they in the right spot? Are they running the correct routes? How does that mentality? You see them on the sidelines, right? pumping up their their team that kind of stuff doesn't show up in analytics right and i look at it it's it's the human factor right it's it's what can they do to separate themselves what's yes. their drive what motivates them what makes them tick it's the jarvis landry effect it's the jarvis landry factor but here's the difference billy one guy went to lsu and he got drafted in the second round where he should have gone that tells me the scouts evaluated him and said okay what he's bringing to the table supersedes his athleticism his ability to gain separation by any means necessary on the football field and what he brings off the field these are hugely valuable these are second round value okay good i'm willing to consider jarvis landry i I have jarvis landry in a bunch of dynasty leagues because of that you fall to the sixth round and you can't even get nfl scouts excited about you from clemson with that pedigree fade yeah, there's always there's always someone though, right? You look at drafts and like Darnell Mooney last year at yes. round five. Where do you go to school? Tulane. This is the this is the common thread. Yes. This is the common thread. Yes, this is the common thread. So the the two things you fade, sixth and seventh round Clemson wide receivers and first round small school wide receivers. That's where you that's the Corey Davis trap too. So that that's that's really it, man. And then if a guy checks all the boxes and he's from LSU and he goes in the top five, guess what? He's probably Jamar Chase, and he's probably amazing, and you know it, you know it. But on the other hand, guy goes in the top ten and he's from Alabama, and you, every year you see these Alabama guys going five, ten, fifteen, twenty spots higher than they should. Well, you shouldn't be surprised when you know Judy Rugs. Devontae Smith, odds are, if you're an Alabama wide receiver, you're going to miss expectations at the NFL level. It's just Alabama, right? It's just, it's the system, right? The system just produces, you know, high draft capital individuals, but they're so used to playing in the system, they get propped up, right? It's like the Bill Belichick effect, right? And you look at the players that have come out of those systems that have gone to other teams and they just fail because they were just so good in the system. But I, what is Jerry Judy? What is he? When you take a step back, this guy is a super svelte, quick, nimble guy, right? That's what he is. He wins with some, some, some short intermediate routes, 
but he's not getting you yards after the catch. He doesn't have downfield speed. He is the prototypical, quintessential wide receiver to the beta receiver. Which is, mm. you know, it, when you when you ask, like, okay, first principles, what is this player in and of himself? He's always been a beta receiver. And then when you ask the question of what is Cortland Sutton, he's always been an alpha and always will. And just go back to 2019 and, and, and see what he did when he had that offense to himself and had the worst quarterback play in the league, still put up 1,500-plus air yards, 1,100 total yards, and that's why I'm always happy to push the button on Cortland Sutton. I mean, that was the warm and fuzzy pick. Fourth round Cortland Sutton is always the warm and fuzzy pick for me. This offense is very exciting, right? This is why I'm all in on Sutton. I'm all in on Albert O. I draft Melvin Gordon, right? Those are my my favorite values from this team. And, it, and, and you go down the draft I just did. Who am I drafting? In this, the draft we're currently in, this best ball draft, it's Mike Williams, it's Devontae Adams. In the, in you know, who do I take first overall? Austin Eckler in, in the draft we analyzed at length. AFC West. I keep going back to this. The AFC West. The AFC West. It's why I'm mad I didn't take Mahomes. Right. It's it's partly why I took Sky Moore, but I don't think he's going to be take advantage of it. Marquez Valdez Scantling could have some giant weeks, especially in best ball. That's what he's. That's where he makes his money. His best ball, right? At least for the drafters, like it's hard to start him on a week to week basis and redraft. But when you get into best ball, and you don't have to hit that start button, I'm going to start him with confidence. I'm going to start him in every league. I'm going to start him in seasonal leagues. I'm just going to play, and I know I'm going to get five. And then some weeks I'm going to get twenty five. And in the weeks that he doesn't deliver, he's not going to be the reason I lose, but he might be the reason I win. That's why you just have to start these volatile receivers. I think this is an important point. In these high-stakes leagues, you set your lineup every week. You need to learn to feel comfortable starting these volatile wide receivers, knowing that they can win you a week, and that's critical. Where are you comfortable with him? Your wide receiver four? Wide receiver five? Right in that zone. I mean, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, depends on who I have, right? It dep- if I if I if I had if I had Camara. I'd be happy with him as my wide receiver three. I think it, I think at, at some point, you know, we've got to start being comfortable with MVS as our wide receiver three. Just like I'm comfortable with Chris Olave as a wide receiver three at this point. I'm more comfortable with my four and five on those guys. I Yes, they have huge upside, but they also have the downside, right? I, there's certain players who I will target in best ball, specifically in best ball, Versus certain players who I target and redraft. MVS is a lot harder of a redraft target for me simply because, yes, he will win you leaks, but I, I'm going to flip the coin here and say he will also lose you leaks, right? Yes, he may get you that five, he may get you that 25, but when you're playing for, you know, 150 grand up top or 50 grand up, up top in the, in the player profile championship, you need some consistency and that that up and down do you though what about in that flex position you should carve out one flex position that's your volatile weak winner where you're comfortable taking three points or 25 points you you were consistency does not matter you should allocate one flex position to max upside volatile weak winner type players 
Yeah, it's definitely a strategy in tournaments, right? But I, I think when you look at where he was drafted, like he went 7-4. I'd rather have Alan Lazard at 7-5. Yes. Okay, that is a f- – okay, now, now okay, if we're, we're putting it to who would you rather have, Lazard or Jacoby Myers, well, yes, okay? I would rather have Michael Thomas. All right, but, you, we, but I think that MVS could have – a higher ceiling on a week-to-week basis inside that offense. He could be a 150 for two kind of guy where Lazard's probably going to be more of that 60 to 70 one touchdown kind of guy on a week-to-week basis. Well, I think Lazard has incredible upside too, though. Lazard's the number one on the Aaron Rodgers offense. It's not going to yes. be Christian Watson. Just like it's not going to be Sky Moore, it's not going to be Christian Watson. So I think there's real upside there. I think that you could argue Lazard has more upside than Tyler Lockett. Oh, absolutely. See? See what I'm saying? I would 100% take Lazard over MVS, over Lockett, over Godwin, over Claypool, over Renfro, over Woods. Now we get in that Tony range where you start talking about upside again. And like that's where I think Lazard belongs, that Tony, Kirk, yes. Alave range. Yes. Right? He's being drafted in the nether tier below, which doesn't make sense to me. But MVS has the upside, I think, of like a, an Amari Cooper type game, right? Where it's like he scores 25% of his fantasy output in one week i will admit to you what happened to me here because we have the board back up i had lazard and jacoby myers queued up and you and i started talking (laughs) they went back to back didn't they i couldn't have even imagined just like i couldn't have imagined i'm back to making excuses (laughs) i couldn't have imagined that they would both be gone so you and i started talking and i lost my train of thought in terms of the I, i lost my focus on what was going on in the draft room and you and I start having a conversation mm-hmm. right and I, I feel like it's going to be an easy pick and then I look up and I'm on the clock and then I try to go get Myers or Lazard and they're both gone and I'm like well fuck you right and then instead of doing it in my head like being like wait a second if all these guys you like are gone MVS was drafted a lot higher than his ADP here when I'm looking at when I'm talking about getting MVS that he's underrated. I'm not talking about in this draft board. He went high here. He typically goes a lot lower than that. And then Lazard and then Myers. Like, you know, and then I'm then I'm scrolling through, right? I'm I'm panicking. I don't I'm trying to toggle back and forth. But one thing I never did is I never toggled to, to quarterback. Because then I would have <laughs> saw, oh, there's Patrick Mahomes. It would have been easy. But that's the thing. You're in panic mode. That's why if you're going to be in a high-stakes draft, do yourself a favor. And drink wine. And just stay focused. Just don't multitask, right? Don't multitask and just assume. You know what happens when you assume. Don't assume Kamara's going to go before you're picking. Don't assume Lazard or Myers will be there. I can't get Lazard, man. I've been trying I've been trying so hard. He goes right before me every time. I want him bad. Yeah, so Lazard went ahead of ADP here. MVS went ahead. MVS, is his average draft position right now in FFWC is pick 101. He went here in this draft at pick 76. This is what I'm talking about. 25 picks ahead of ADP. Alan Lazard ADP is pick 86. He went pick 77 here. I mean, there were so many players that were taken ahead of eighty. This draft was this draft was bonkers. Like it was all over the place. Like players were selected two, three rounds ahead of ahead of ADP. Players were selected two to three rounds behind ADP. It was just it was just one of those drafts where wide receiver got pushed up the board because everyone was 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 drafting. 
And that's what that's where we saw the value in running back fall. That's where that's why ETN fell to fourth. That's why Chubb fell to fourth. That's why Kamara fell to fifth was because everyone started pushing up wide receiver up the board. And it was that panic mode. They were, oh, shit, I got to grab another receiver because they're going like we talked about that stretch. Right. That four to five turn. We saw one. We saw St. Brown, Moore, Judy, Davis, Cooper, Juju, Gage, Thielen, eight receivers go in a row. I mean, that second team, by the way, I have the, I have the draft board pulled back up. They had to go Kelsey. They got value trapped into going Kelsey. You got to take Kelsey there. I mean, Kelsey's Cup Kelsey is, a, is also a very rare start, right? So that's Adam Crotworth. Adam texted me after the draft and said, man, I loved Kelsey at 211 until I saw Kittle go at, at, the, at the 8-1. Right? <laughs> He's like, he's like, and then I saw that and I knew the nail was in the coffin. I'm dead. It's a tough scene out here, man. I mean, it was, it was brutal. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, that guy is a savvy drafter, but he has a different take on Judy than I do. He might have a different take on Geno Smith that somehow justifies the Lockett pick. I don't know. The Lockett's fallen pretty far for a guy with his kind of brand equity, but also just like me here, he's sitting on a unique lineup with cup Kelsey. So it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's a good draft. It's just that, you know, look at that Murray at 98. Awesome. I wish I had gone Galladay over sky Moore. So there's plenty of, of, of great picks in there, especially the, the, the Brees hall. Brees hall needs to go in round four. That's where he should be going. Anytime he somehow slips into round five, I don't care what your build is. You've got to grab him. Yeah, honestly, he should be in that three, four turn, in my opinion. The volume he's getting, he's going to get. Uh, in this draft, though, wide receiver pushed him down the board. I get it. But the biggest head turn to me was Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman goes at the two six in this draft, right? I look at it and I always say, is that early? Is that is that late? Or is that just right? And he went ahead of Najee, who fell in this draft. He went ahead of Debo. He went ahead of Aaron Jones, Fournette. He went ahead of A.J. Brown. What's your take on Pittman this year? I don't think he should go ahead of Najee fucking Harris, Billy. I don't think so either. What are yeah. we doing? This is the trap. This is why you either get Jonathan Taylor or Christian McCaffrey or you forget running back in round one because you see all these traps. The trap is set when you go swift at the 107. The trap was set when I go Eckler, right? Now I'm fucked. <laughs> If he had just gone Adams or Diggs, then he would have been he would have been able to go Harris. He would have loved his draft. But then I could see exactly what was going on in his head. He's like, oh my God, I can't go running back, running back. I can't. I can't I'm being I'm being up like the pod father. It's gonna be a nightmare. So then he goes, Okay, uh I don't want Samuel, I'll go Pittman. So I, I get the rationale, I get how it how it he just didn't want Samuel. Didn't want a running back. Who's next? I guess Michael Pittman. I guess. Yeah, it's early in my tag. It's I, too early. I love Michael Pittman, but and he's he's honestly my wide receiver eleven on the year. But to take him there at the two six, like I, it's a little early. I, he may have been there at the three seven. Probably unlikely. So maybe just go out and get your guy. That's fine. But I, I, I would have rather have had Debo. I would have rather have had Harris 100%. I mean, and I would, have, I would have made up for the wide receiver position later. I would have started Swift and Harris. It wouldn't have been unique because it would have been swapped in most drafts. <laughs> Harris and then Swift coming back. But, it, again, it gives you a chance to... Oh, that's so funny. 
it gives you a chance to to, to build receiver after <laughs> and gives you two anchors. I can't believe that you're also see you're multitasking as well. You're also in the chat. I am, yeah. You're engaging with the audience in the chat. I mean, we have some real rookies in this chat asking if they should pick up Michael Thomas on the waiver wire. Like, I just scroll past this. Hey, is Tyler Lockett good for fantasy? Like, on the one hand, I want to welcome new listeners and be open to everybody that's coming in with regardless of their level of sophistication. But on the other hand... We are the apex predators in this business, <laughs> right? And I really can't be, you know, digging for worms on the lawn. I'm, I'm searching for the rabbit. I'm trying to find the hare. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go in for a big kill. I mean, really, really, should I pick up Michael Thomas? Uh, yeah, you should pick up Michael Thomas. Any, I mean, I'm assuming this is probably like an eight or ten man league or something, and it's probably short benches. But regardless, he's a typically a top eight, seven round draft pick in a league. Even if you're an eight man league, that means he should be drafted. He, if he plays a full season, he's going to be a back end wide receiver one, more than likely a wide receiver two coming off the injury. But he has the upside to finish as a top tier wide receiver one. So you're going to need, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. Yes, if Michael Thomas is on your waiver wire, you have to pick up Michael Thomas. It doesn't matter who you're dropping. Drop your kicker, drop your defense, drop your second quarterback. If you have one, drop your second tight end. I don't care. Drop your last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten picks to pick him up like yes he should not be available on your waiver wire and if you if you want to invite me i'd be more than happy to come join your league to let me know the buy-in right so so we're doing this big fundraise at playerprofiler.com we're raising 1.5 million dollars to take the company to the next level i've got a, a truly disruptive uh, mobile gaming idea that i think is going to be a hit and part of my research was to understand the fantasy market better i've been in this market for a number of years but I'd never done all the research on how many players are in the market, how much they spend, like all, all this information that you would want to have in like, in like a proper business outline. Okay, here are the fundamentals of the business. Here are the fundamentals of the market. 75 million fantasy gamers. 75 million fantasy gamers. And the majority of them are not doing drafts in June. The majority of them are not paying attention to uh, whether or not you know Sky Moore or Marquez Valdez-Scantling is on the inside track to be the starting wide receiver for the Chiefs. A lot of these people don't even know who George Pickens is. Hell, they may not even know who Traylon Burks is at this point. Oh, God, Pickens is so good. Right? They're in one league. They're in their office league. They're in a league with their friends. And they're going to start doing their research on August 1, right? They're going to start getting it all figured out, and they're going to download all this information. They're going to go get our draft kit on playerprofiler.com, and they're going to be fine. But if you're talking to us in the chat right now in early July, if you're consuming high-stakes fantasy content in early July, then you are in the upper, upper percentile of fantasy gamers. And the beauty is when we go to the next level, we're not only going to continue to be the apex predator in the business, we're also going to have a product that appeals to a very wide audience because I think that's the true unlock for any fantasy business. 
but it is my goal to become more open to the casual fantasy gamer. Like if I had one sort of New Year's resolution for myself for this year is to become less of a snob. <laughs> because for years I've been a raging fantasy snob. Pinky's up. Yeah. Like the guy asking about, hey, can you break down Tyler Lockett for me? Fuck off. Right? What do you mean? Is Michael Thomas worth rostering? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Like th that's not like I'm ch I'm changing my ways. I'm, I'm going to be a different guy this year. Very open to all types of fantasy leagues and all types of fantasy gamers. Yeah, we have uh, Kev Wheeler's in the chat, another analyst, and he says he's he's got our our he's going to handle the 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 light work on the side for us, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> he said yes. Pick up Michael Thomas. That's great. So. <laughs> Give us one more team that drafted with us where you like their draft. Can I like pieces of it or do I have to like all of it? Well, do this. Find the team where you like the most pieces <laughs> that we haven't talked about yet. Um, I'd probably say I like I like Colshin's team. So team six. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, he's a listener to the show. I know he, he subs, he, he signed up with the pod father. I, I know that. No, I like his draft a lot. I like his draft. Yeah. So he, he let the draft kind of come to him, right? He, he let, he let Jamar chase fall. Uh, cause Jamar chase is, is usually going a spot or two ahead of that. Um, about a best spot, right though. Najee Harris completely fell to him, right? He got like he, chase Harris is unique, right? Wouldn't you say that's a unique oh, build? I, it's absolutely unique, right? Najee goes at pick eight on average. So he's the only person so far that has, this start right immediately i like it it's unique he gets keenan allen who yes he had some 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 fall offs last year but he's still going to be you know a target monster in a justin herbert led offense he gets allen slightly down from adp as well just goes for the early cute quarterback and then i love it because he didn't touch quarterback again he says you know what i drafted josh fucking allen if josh allen goes down this team is done i don't need another quarterback correct and I'm going to take another quarterback on the waiver wire or whatever happens on a bye week. I'll find my quarterback too when I need him. That's the correct. If you draft Josh Allen, if you draft Lamar Jackson, Herbert, Murray, Mahomes, insert the top 12 quarterback names there, you don't need a quarterback too. Correct. And so I love that he did that and he just stuck to his gauge, his guns. I said gauge because I'll gauge. He stuck to his gauge. No, then he gets Russell Gage at 5'6". Took him ahead of ADP, but that's fine. I like Russell Gage a lot. You and I both like Russell Gage. He goes for Tony again, another upside play. He gets A.J. Dillon, who I think is going to be much better than his ADP presents this year. He goes after Dotson, who has upside. I, I, that one I'm not crazy about, but then he gets Edmonds, who I like. He gets Tolbert, who I like. I think Galladay was a better pick there. I think Galladay was a better pick there. I think I think even Penny was a better pick there. Pollard, right? Any pretty much the next like five or six picks were better picks in my opinion. Incredible value on Chase Edmonds, my God. Yeah, Edmonds is a phenomenal value there, and then you know he comes back around and gets Tolbert. Um, again, I like the player Henderson Spiller. I'm not crazy about those picks, but then, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, let's talk about that because I I do think that he could have also gone Ronald Jones there. Yep. Ronald Jones at 126. See, Ronald Jones could actually just start the year as the early down back that's getting the touchdowns. For that to happen to Darrell Henderson, he would need an injury to Cam Akers. So that's why I prefer Ronald Jones there. Yeah, I like Ronald Jones over that. I like, I mean, I, I like it just pretty much the next three, four wide receivers there too. Well, there's a guy I really like here. So I think what he could have done, 
he could have gone Stevenson over Tolbert and then gone KJ Osborne over Henderson. See, that would have been nice. KJ Osborne yep. could be one of the best, if not the best, number three wide receivers in the league this year, given that offense is going to be a fireworks display in the sky. Yep, even Tim Patrick. There's a lot of receivers there I liked, especially yeah. where where I feel in, in, in his his next like second half of his draft kind of reiterates my first feelings is that he's light at receiver, right? Remember, this is a three wide receiver start league. And he drafted a quarterback early that put him behind at other positions. He got a great value at Albert OK. He got some good value at running back. He then peppers wide receiver and he goes some upside picks, right? With McKenzie. He goes upside with Hamler, who's coming off injury. Right. There's some upside picks here. I'm not I'm not crazy about the selections, but he at least ad- addressed the, the scenario that he was weak I, at the I, position. I, yeah, I think the move there was just to just instead of Henderson to go Osborne. I think if he had just fixed that, if he just had one more receiver in that range, I think it would have been fine. Because I like the Spiller pick a lot. Yeah, I think that 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 Henderson Spiller range. Okay, I think both should have been yellow in my opinion. But again, it, he wants to get his guy. That's fine. I, overall, I like the the build. I like the first half of it much better than the second half. But I like what he did. He went one tight end. Dude, he got Alberto. Yep, Alberto That's thirteen. The move. That's the move. He got one quarterback, one tight end. He did not draft a, a defense. He did not draft a kicker. He said, you know what? I'm going to take some dart throws, and I'll fix it on the waiver wire. So I, I love what he did. I thought he did a, a good job, and I think that he's setting himself up for success in the league. Do you remember we had that open question? We didn't answer it, which was, if I pass on Goddard, mm-hmm. will I get Albert O on the way back? And you said, probably not. And I said, okay, I'm going Goddard. Sure enough. Goddard goes, Smith goes, Komet goes, Alberto goes, Firemuth goes, all before my next pick. Yep. So I'm glad I got Goddard where I did. That might have been one of my best picks. Yeah, Goddard was because there's a major drop off from Goddard to those other tiers. Like Goddard, two rounds behind Ertz is a steal. Like Goddard, in my opinion, should be a round to half a round behind Schultz, maybe a full round, right? But he should not be two rounds behind Zach Ertz. Like that to me was. I think one of your best picks of the draft, also one of the better values. You look at the, you know, if you use the premium ADP tool over at Full Time Fantasy, Goddard right now is going as pick 110. Where did you get him? 135. You got him 25 picks. So there you go. Two rounds. Two rounds past ADP. Crazy. Crazy. Right, crazy. Value. Do you think that the other, will you trade me uh, Drake <laughs> London if I give you Hopkins? <laughs> no trading in these high stakes leagues. That's, that's, that's the kicker. No trading. Oh, come on, Billy. Help me fix my squad. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine some of these? So the, the reason there's no trading in these is because there could be collusion. People are playing for, you know, 50 grand, 100 oh, yeah. grand. There's a lot of a lot of money in these in these in these these drafts. No trading. No trading. No trading allowed. That's the that's the the postmortem. Do we do one draft? We do two shows, right? That's that's making some. uh some lemonade out of some lemons from the Podfather's draft right there. Two podcasts from one bad draft. <laughs> it's not dead. They're, you're far from dead. Listen, if Sky Moore is okay, if Sky Moore ascends to like the, just the number two wide receiver chair in Kansas City, I'm feeling a hell of a lot better about my draft. If you hit on just one of your late round panic greens, or if one of your receivers in that seven, seven, eight, 
11, one of those one of those guys hit. That team's deadly. If yeah, if Olave hits in a big way, if Olave is like the number one rookie wide receiver, he has like a waddle type season. If let's say Michael Thomas just doesn't come back, like he tries to come back as another setback, it's very likely that that happens given how long he's been out. And then Olave has essentially the the Jalen Waddle season from last year. I'm feeling really good. Yeah, because now you look at you have two number one running backs that you plug in every week without question, as in your two running back spots. You have Williams and Sutton, and now Olave as your starting receiver. You get Hopkins down the stretch as your flex, or and put him in your receiver position, whatever. I don't care. Right now, you only have to fill out two more two more flex spots or one more flex spot on a given week, and you can hit on one of these painted greens at the end, or. Gordon or Gainwell, you name it. Like, there's a lot of outs for this team for you to hit, and I, I know that you looked at it and said, I, I, I fucked up. I made, I made mistakes. Yes, that's a real thing. But there's a lot of outs as well, and you look at it and say, there's a lot of chances for things to go right in this roster as well. If I had to select or, or, or speculate on on one guy, and then this is a guy that I am as heavily invested in on Prediction Strike as anybody. Prediction Strike is the place that you go to get actual shares and players it's a, a player stock market or essentially a place that 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 treats players as if they were stocks and there's a running back that's down and it's because he's not the starter he wasn't a, a mega producer he doesn't have the draft capital all the things that would raise a guy's value would raise a guy's stock right uh, in a marketplace it's all missing right it's all missing the 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 typical football fan that's using this app you go to the app store you get prediction strike you use the, the promo code underworld then you get uh, a uh, free player share you just need to deposit twenty dollars free player share uh some randomized player share could be jamar chase could be tyler boyd <laughs> you never know so and, and and this is the guy that i also drafted i've been drafting this guy i've been, I've been touting this guy because He's going to be in one of the league's best running games. The depth chart is wide open. He was getting a lot of usage last year in key fantasy point scoring situations, the passing game and in the red zone specifically. So go get this guy on Prediction Strike. Get it in the App Store, promo code Underworld, and draft this guy because the, the guy I want over all others and the one guy that I think could save this roster, Billy... His name is Kenny Gainwell. Because the, the guy I want over all others and the one guy that I think could save this roster, Billy, his name is Kenny Gainwell. I love Gainwell. And He's be sure my, to check out playerprofiler.com. Right now, we have all the tools most to my, dominate all the formats I'm in on FFWC. Fantasy league. I actually haven't tied with Hedge. I haven't tied with Henderson. Data analysis. Billy, I'm DFS running the dominator. end screen. And don't forget the Billy, I was going out on to that. rule them all. I can't hear the end you screen. You ran through the end screen. You couldn't tell I was going out on that. 
No. Oh my god. <laughs> that was beautiful, dude. That oh was god. beautiful. Who cares about the end screen audio? That was amazing. We're yelling behind the end screen. No one can friggin' hear what's going on. I can't see the end screens. It was amazing. That was great radio. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't see him. People are like, wait, I can't hear what's going on. Like that I'm yelling at you. When I point and I go to the point and I have that, you look at the clock and you're seeing it's like a one hour, 20 minutes. And then I have a big crescendo take. And then you're like, well, that's an interesting thing. Oh, let me talk. About oh, Billy. I'm just, I'm just rolling, man. I'm just no, going it's with fine. it. It's fine. But it's like, <laughs> you know, reps. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, dude. Lemons on a lemonade. I love it. Lemons on a lemonade. My I'm friend. telling you, man, your team's any better than you think. It really is. Some of it's a little bit of, it's just good radio. It's good. I, I love, I'm fine being the fall guy, man. I'm fine for good radio. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll slap myself <laughs> in the face. Don't care. Radio. That's all I care about. Oh man, though. There was some bad questions in there. It <laughs> oh, was brutal. I couldn't even take it. <laughs> I was looking at him like. It was brutal. I was like, what, what? what's going on? I thought our audience would better. Dude, that's just the internet, man. It's it's a roll of the dice. Sometimes you wonder how many are just trolling. I don't. I couldn't tell. I didn't answer him or I didn't even acknowledge it. And then I saw you acknowledge it. I was like, all right, I guess I got to say something. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't ignore this anymore. I know. I was like, hey, what do you guys think of Tyler Lockett? I think you should go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, oh. what do I think of Tyler Lockett? Oh. <sighs> You saw the difference. Me taking Adams gives me so much more flexibility. Yeah, it does. Although you have the be the latest share, and we'll talk about it. You have the latest share of Dalvin of, Cook. Of Dalvin Cook, the latest share of Eckler, and you're the only team in the tournament with both of them right now. That's yeah. that's a huge advantage in my opinion. Like I I know you didn't like your draft, but that right there is a difference maker. That is a unique build, and no one can duplicate that. Like you won't see that again in the in the tournament, in my opinion. If you do, it's going to be it's it's gonna they're both gonna have to slip. It's it's just not likely. Um, and then he did the thing where he took Adams, right? He did the thing. He did exactly what I should have done, which was Diggs, um, Diggs Mixon. I would have gone Diggs Mixon essentially, if I had my choice to do it over again. Oh Harris, no Harris fell all the way. I know I would have gone Diggs Harris actually. Where the hell did Swift go? Oh no no, it was fine. God, I'm such a moron. So I didn't even look. Swift went so early, I totally couldn't find him. Yeah, he went like 1-7 or something? Okay, that's just, that's not, okay, whatever, dude. People were doing some weird shit. I couldn't, my eyes didn't even look in that zone. I get confused. Whoosh. Oh, yeah. The Dominator. <laughs> get ready to be dominated. <laughs> the Dominator is now. Is that, what do you think of that? We need, like, shark music, like, dun-dun, dun-dun. I'm gonna stare straight ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an extra beat, and I'm gonna say the Dominator is now. <laughs> Let's do it. The Dominator is now. We're back. That's a new. That's a new kickoff to the show. I love it. Woo! 
because for years I've been a raging fantasy snob. Pinky's up. That's the move. Pinky's up. So no one saw me actually slapping myself. Like I was actually. You got to remember, everybody. Like that sound. That was that's me actually. That hurts. Like that's I'm committed. Like I'm one of these actors that I I do my own stunts on this show. <laughs> Let's do it. And what ended up happening is, and this is not an excuse, though is it is is 100% an excuse, but not exactly an excuse, though it is precisely and exactly an excuse. We need like shark music, like dun dun, dun dun. Can you imagine if I had drafted Camara? That team would have been pretty fucking sexy. Did the audience see me slap myself? Like that's important. Yeah, it's horrible radio, right? It's horrible talk. I'm sitting there silent, and I'm just like, forgive me. Like, I'm in the zone. Uh, Justin Ross is going to be a good player. He's going to be very solid. You're going to like the th that he makes plays, scores a bunch of touchdowns in the CFL. That team would have been pretty fucking sexy. That is a baller move. That that that's that's where I that's a practice session for the Podfather. Oh God, Pickens is so good. We are the apex predators in this business. Let's do it. Now I'm fucked. Let's do it. Okay, what do you guys think of Tyler Lockett? I think you should go fuck yourself. Oh God, Pickens is so good. I'll slap myself in the face. Don't care. Radio. That's all I care about. That team would have been pretty fucking sexy. Like, how did that guy not draft Alvin Kamara? How did that guy not draft Patrick Mahomes? How did this guy not? And my answer is, I'm sorry. <laughs> the answer is, I was wrong. The answer is, I made a mistake. Can you imagine if I had drafted Kamara? That team would have been pretty fucking sexy.